now you guys are taking my mind off of what I was going through because uh, right now at this moment, I should be in Mississippi with the rest of my family, but uh, we thought Laura was coming and I could I didn't make the, the plans because I honestly believed that we would be under some water at this point. But if you are my family and you are watching, I am with you in spirit. And um, yeah, so last week, that's what happened with the live stream. I lost my auntie and this was like my twin. Like I look exactly like this lady. So it's kind of like one of those things where you face your own mortality and all of that good stuff. All that being said, I apologize. I'm here now. It was just storming like crazy outside. I I, I tried to do this, o, this OBS thing. I had Todd helping me. I, it was a lot going on in the last few minutes. <laughs> but here we are. And I'm here to tell you what I think I think about the DC fandom event. So let's just start from the top. The event was a great success. It was beautifully put together. It was well done. It was star-studded. It was informative. It had everything. In fact, it had something for everyone in the fandom to include a cosplay, your artists, comics, TV, movies, and just being in the presence of greatness. And by greatness, I mean, you know, we did see the original Wonder Woman, Linda Carter. Linda Carter, who is almost, she got to be pushing 80 years old, really, is easily 80. And she was just beautiful. And yeah, it was just so much to like. Um, again, this happened, uh, the the event was the day after I found out my aunts passed. So I didn't watch the entire event. A lot of it, and in fact, uh, most of it, I got after the fact. But what I did see, because I did uh, every now and then intermittently pop in to see what was going on, and the event was very well put together. Um, I enjoyed what I saw. and. There was, like I said, cosplay, artists, movies, movies, because you know that's what I'm here for. I'm here for the movies. So without further ado, further ado, um, it's no surprise that I'm going to talk about these movies, what I thought about the trailers that we saw, and uh, some of the things I think I think I think I think about these movies and in no particular order. So it's not like I'm going from, oh, this is my favorite to, oh my God, this is the one that I didn't like. So no particular order. We're going to start with the Snyder Cut of the Justice League. Now, for those of you who have been living under a rock for the past few years, uh, Justice League was a movie that was the first team movie that was brought out with this current cast of uh, DC heroes. So in the movie, first of all, remember how the buildup to the movie was going. The buildup to the movie was uh, Unite the Seven. And Unite the Seven, you, you saw it everywhere. You saw the posters. I know I was very geeked up about what I had seen 
uh, Zack Snyder put together as far as teasing this, this big crossover movie. Okay. Then we, we get into the nitty gritty of the movie being produced and Zack Snyder had a tragedy in his family and, uh, in his family, I think it was a daughter who passed away and he left a production. Now in my mind, something that I think, I think, I think, I think that WB had given Zack the keys to the kingdom. You do what you want with these characters. Your vision is going to be fully supported. But the minute that he had that emergency in his family, they brought in Joss Whedon. And I don't have a problem with Joss Whedon. You know, I know a lot of DC diehards are like, Joss Whedon ruined, ruined everything. No, Joss Whedon is a very different director than Zack Snyder. So keeping that in mind, the WB who are uh, executives, they're not just regular little talking head people with a podcast. They know what they're doing. I believe one of the things that I think I think was that after they handed Zach the keys to the kingdom, they didn't like the world that he was building anymore. This is my opinion. I don't have anything written in stone that says this, but common sense tells me that if you're throwing away damn near a whole movie that Zack Snyder had put together. You bring Joss Whedon in and you allow him to uh, put a whole different spin on this movie. You knew what you were doing. You did not want the direction anymore. The darker, grittier, grimier direction that Zack tended to go with these characters. You didn't want that anymore. You wanted light and upbeat and you, they wanted a marvel movie there i said it <laughs> they wanted a marvel movie but you cannot mishmash and hodgepodge <laughs> put together uh the visions of two very different directors in one movie and think that it was going to turn out like anything other than the shit that it was. Now, I know that last week I was supposed to do the Justice League. We were going to do a big talk and discuss uh, what we liked about the Justice League. But that was last week. That showed, um, unfortunately, I wasn't able to put that show on. So now I can take the gloves off and say, there were some things that I liked about Justice League, the Joss Whedon cut. And there was a lot that I did not like about the movie. Now, does that mean I hate DC? Hell no. I grew up on DC. I grew up on Marvel as well. I don't, I don't discriminate. However, uh, Justice League was all mixed up, messed up. And it was that way because of, uh, because of what the execs, the studio did with that movie. So that being said, the fandom got real up in arms. And for, for what had to be two or three years, they're demanding to see Zack Snyder's cut of the Justice League. And WB finally said, you know what? You guys want it. We're going to give it to you. 
Now, how do I feel about that? Sometimes, sometimes I feel like we should just leave well enough alone. We got a bad movie. You know, shit happens and let's just move on from there. But given the fact that this was uh, this was so wanted and needed to see this version of this movie. OK, I'm, I'm, I'm OK. I'm on board. We're going to see this version of the movie and it's coming out. Allegedly, because uh, uh, a date was leaked uh accidentally. So it may have just been a misdirection, but the date said September 5th, 2021. So HBO Max is going to be airing the four part uh, Zack Snyder cut. Each part will be one hour long and we will get Zack's entire vision for that he had for this movie. Now, don't for one second think that the studio heads decided we're going to do this just for the fans. No, there has to be something in it for them. Besides the fact that we are going to run out and if we are not subscribed to uh, HBO Max, that we are going to run in droves to subscribe just to see the Zack Snyder cut of the Justice League. So we know that that's coming. Uh, we know that that was one of the things that the studio was looking forward to. But a second thing that they can get out of all of this is the setup. They could, they're go they may destroy us with this movie. And I'm saying that it it uh it looks dark. We see uh that post-apocalyptic future that Bruce Wayne dreamed about. You know, uh, we see how Flash, when he went back into, I'm getting ahead of myself, but how Flash, when he was reaching out to, to Bruce Wayne in the Batman versus Superman movie, and he was like, oh no, I went back too far. Or I'm too, I'm too early. He said something to that effect. We're going to see how all of that's supposed to play in with one another. And it is honestly an opportunity to destroy the fandom kind of like the way Marvel did with Endgame to bring us down to the very last compound to break our hearts <laughs> and then build us back up with the following movies the following installments in this uh in this franchise mm -hmm. so very very smart on behalf of WB to give us what we want so that they can just end this particular continuity. And uh, speaking of which, the talking about Snyder Cut still, I'm not excited. And you can be mad at me. I am very curious because like I said, I see this as an opportunity. And this is, a, this is the opportunity to set up Flashpoint. And that's going into my second uh, takeaway and thing that I liked about the uh, the DC fandom event. Now, let me, I'll be remiss if I don't say this. I'm not a hundred percent sure what went on with Ezra Miller. If he, I saw a video of him choking a woman out. Now, 
I'm not sure what happened. We we didn't see what led up to this alleged choking. It, it wasn't no alleged choking. He choked the lady. <laughs> but we didn't see what led up to it. Now, one thing I don't condone, I don't condone uh, unprovoked violence towards women, meaning if you attack me, there's one thing that you should expect, and that's for me to beat your ass. Now, that being said, <laughs> if I attack you, I'm wrong as two left shoes. I'm not getting my ass beat, but I'm wrong, you know? <laughs> so um, if, if Ezra Miller just really unprovoked, just choked this lady out, then, we, you know, we, we, we should be very concerned about his character. That also being said, it is not my job to police other people's uh, behavior. If this lady ain't making noise and I haven't heard a peep from her, so if she's not making noise, I'm not making noise. I'm just saying it's mighty funny that the WB uh, fired that guy. Though. I don't forgot the damn man's name. That He's made these stupid ass jokes and comments years back. They fired him from the the Flash TV show, but you letting Ezra stay, and if he really, for no reason, no good reason, choked this lady out, then y'all got some explaining to do. Okay. I don't believe in canceling people. I don't believe that a person is irredeemable for uh, one bad act. Uh, it would have to turn into a pattern of bad acts. And I really haven't seen uh, Ezra Miller step outside of himself too many times. He's a very eccentric and, and kind of enigmatic kind of guy. Eccentric, enigmatic Ezra. How's that for alliteration? <laughs> but anyway, he is, you know, that kind of guy who who has that uh kind of that kind of uh vibe his whole his whole vibe is just different it's it's different in a, in a cool way you know but uh if if he fucked up once okay say sorry you know get your get your hand popped and promise not to do the shit again and let's just move on with this movie. But if that's not the case, if it is something where he did this and he has no remorse and he's not saying, I'm sorry, and it may happen again, we've got a problem. Now, <clears throat> all that being said, <laughs> I had this whole layout thing going on over there on the OBS, but, you know, can't talk about what could have been. Anyway. What I got to thinking about when I saw Ezra Miller and uh, what is his name? Last name Muschietti, the director. <laughs> when I saw him, uh, them discussing what was going to occur in the flashpoint. I mean, I keep saying flashpoint because you see where I'm going with this in the flash movie. I believe we're getting flashpoint. I don't know, you know, spoiler alert. <laughs> I only said it three times already. I believe we're getting Flashpoint. And what I believe is, just like in any other version or iteration of Flashpoint, uh, 
Flash is going to decide to use his powers to go back and try to fix right the ship of his mother being killed. And in doing so, he's going to open up all these uh, alternate timelines and shit's going to get fucked up. This is how we end up with uh, Michael Keaton in a Ben Affleck. And God only knows who else is going to show up in this movie. This is actually an opportunity to just just throw in everything except for the kitchen sink because you can bring every iteration of these heroes into this timeline and it will all make sense under Flashpoint. So uh, hopefully this is what we're getting. And I believe that the setup was, of course, the movie, um, the Batman versus Superman movie when, uh, when Flash kind of invaded Bruce's space, told him that, you know, Lois is the the key to all of this. So when he did that, that opened up the gates for Flashpoint. And I think everybody who is a fan of DC thought the same thing. Flashpoint, we we see it. Oh my God, we're going to get it. And then all these years have passed by. But those, I'm not, no sour grapes, no sour grapes. We see that it's coming. We're going to get it soon. However, we got that part that made me really say, okay, Flashpoint is coming. And then we saw the crossover between Flash and Flash in the in uh, the crossover event, Infinite Earths on uh on the Flash on the on the CW. So now, in fact, Flash didn't even have a name. No. Movie, so cinematic universe, Flash didn't have a name. He got the name and the idea from Barry Allen, and he also was very interested in Barry's uniform, Barry's costume. He saw that it was sleeker, breathable, and this is how I believe that he's going to explain to. to Bruce Wayne exactly what it is he wants in a costume based on what he saw in this future or past. Does I don't know which one it is, but it was a different universe, Barry Allen. So that was clever. That was cute. I thought that was pretty, a pretty good tease, even though, you know, because after, especially after Chokegate, after he choked that woman, I didn't think we was going to see Ezra Miller in that Flash uniform again. I never thought we would see uh, Ezra Miller suit up as Flash. So when they put him in Crisis on Infinite Earths, uh, it kind of made me realize that, okay, okay, they're still going ahead with this. He's still in their good graces. They haven't given up on him. And I'm glad they haven't because, like I said, one mistake. two, three times, those are not mistakes anymore. Those That's a pattern. And he has not displayed a pattern of bad behavior. So we don't need to throw him in the garbage. Because if that's the case, my ass would be trash too. I've done a whole lot of bullshit. <laughs> a whole, whole lot of stuff. No, nah, I'm not even going to start. But yeah. <clears throat> so Flashpoint is where I'm hoping that we're going with this. I'm hoping that we, I know we're going to see the Michael Keaton. We're hearing rumors that we're going to get Danny DeVito back as the penguin in this same universe, in this 
mishmash universe when they throw everything together. I can't wait. I can't wait because that means also we're going to see Henry Cavill again as Superman. And I don't think that's over yet, but that's, you know, neither here nor there. Nobody has told me anything. Nobody's whispered anything in my ear, but I honestly believe that the fans have spoken. We want Henry Cavill as Superman. I think he was like one of, if you know, I've been around long enough to to have, to remember Christopher Reeve as uh, as Superman, and I don't think there will ever be anyone to replace him in my heart as Superman. But um, Henry Cavill is a very, very close second. Very. All right. So I don't know if I made any sense talking about Flashpoint because the movie's not going to make no sense either. <laughs> and and I'm going to say this because it's another thing I think I think. And one of the things I think I think is that Zack Snyder's vision for Justice League and all of these little components and Easter eggs that he left in other movies, those all predate Avengers Endgame. So by this being something that is uh, kind of timey-wimey, weebly-wobbly, that kind of thing, I don't think it's a copy. So before people start saying, oh, that looks just like his vision for, uh, for, for Justice League predated Endgame. Now, had he been able to uh, to to complete his vision and have that be our theatrical release, who knows what have cha- what would have changed in all across the the cinematic uh, multiverses, so to speak. So, before I hear anybody talk about the time travel aspects and that kind of thing, it is not Zach's fault that that he was. Uh, prevented by a tragedy from finishing that movie way back when. <clears throat> I think it's more WB's fault for, for being opportunistic and saying this is our opportunity right now to, to make this what we want instead of what he wanted. You gave him the keys to the kingdom. There was no way you guys should have done that. Okay, so all that being said, a lot of these movies, a lot of this stuff that we've seen happen in the DCEU that we're calling DCEU, they say it's not that. I'm saying a lot of the stuff that we have seen happen is going to be eliminated and erased with Flash. I think, I think. <laughs> and if you feel something different, please let me know. I, I guess I'm I'm forgetting that there could very well be somebody commenting on uh on Facebook so I'm gonna take a look real quick I'm not trying to be a uh yeah I'm not trying to be a uh ignoring ignoring my guests I don't even see my feed so maybe I'm not even on there who knows I suck I really suck at being I really <laughs> <sighs> okay. Well, anyway, it matters not. Yeah, it matters not. I um, moving right along. I want to talk next about 
the Suicide Squad. And, and you know, watching that little teaser that they gave us and, and then watching some, uh, especially new rock stars, watching them break down point by point. And a lot of the things that uh, Eric Voss said in the new rock stars video that he, where he broke down what we saw in the teaser for Suicide Squad. I agree. I agree with him. As a matter of fact, it was very intriguing. Some of the stuff that he sees when he watches a trailer is amazing to me because it is like, who the hell has time to break this down? But I guess this is when this is your job to do it, you're going to do it. He pulls a trailer apart component by component. And it is very impressive. <laughs> but one of the things that uh that I like about the Suicide Squad, well, put it like this. You had me at Idris. Once you said Idris Elba, I'm all in. <laughs> I'm a hundred percent all in. Because there's nothing like a tall, dark, and handsome man. Nothing like it. Nothing like it. But anyway, I digress. What I liked about what Eric Voss said as he broke down what we saw in the Suicide Squad uh, trailer teaser, what I liked that he said or that he noticed right off is that there are certain characters that we see together and we never see them with this other set of characters. And two things, two things jump out at me when I think about this teaser. And one of them was that James Gunn said, this is by far the biggest movie he's ever made. And the second thing was, don't get too attached. And in saying that, it's almost letting us know, we got all these A-listers, we got all these actors and all these features, and you know good and damn well, all of them are not going to live to see the end of this movie. We know this. Being, or no, anti-heroes <laughs> being the Suicide Squad. So what Eric Voss said, and what I tend to agree with is that one of those teams is gonna be killed off pretty damn quick. So I said that, I don't wanna spoil nothing else because we, we might be right in, in our beliefs of, this is what could possibly possibly potentially happen in the Suicide Squad. Now, what I did like about that is that it is the same, seems to be a similar approach to uh, a ragtag group of anti-heroes. In this case, uh, it seems like it's, it's a similar approach to what he had in Guardians of the Galaxy. And Another thing that really makes me kind of excited about the Suicide Squad is that James Gunn, when he finishes the Suicide Squad, which I believe the shoots are done, when that movie is done, he's going straight to Guardians of the Galaxy 3 and he's going to put together that team movie again. So and, and it's like a bridging of the is a bridging the gap between these two fandoms. Yeah, Marvel was, or Disney, I won't say Marvel. Disney was ready to screw James Gunn over some bullshit 
that happened 10, 15 years ago. And again, like I say, I don't believe in all of this. Cancel, 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 because I'd be canceled. I've done some fucked up shit. I, 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 no, 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 I'm not going to go into it. <laughs> so I would be canceled if if you were canceling podcasters who nobody listens to who sit and talk to themselves on a regular basis. If you were canceling people like that, then I would be canceled. People will be marching in the damn street saying how I don't deserve to have a platform. I don't even deserve to be in society. That's a fucked up way of thinking. But I digress. I digress. Suicide Squad looks like it's going to be fun. It looks like it's going to be batshit bonkers, unmitigated, unbridled fun. And I'm here for it. I'm here for it. Now, and we the flip of that, we, we were talking about the Snyder Cut earlier. Snyder Cut looked like it's gonna gut me. <laughs> it looks like it looks like it's gonna tear me to pieces. However, you know, again, the curiosity is there. I'm gonna see this move. I'm, well, if uh, if that September 5th, 2021 date is correct. September 4th, 2021, I will be getting HBO Max. I can't afford to just keep that shit for a whole year. I'm a poor podcaster. Broke. Broke. Sad. Broke. Podcaster. So I will, though, go ahead and and, and bite the bullet when we come down to uh, the Snyder Cut coming to, the, to uh, HBO Max. Now, my next thing was Wonder Woman 84. And then there's a lot to like in that trailer. Uh, first of all, it looks absolutely stunning. The cinematography is always, always on point. Uh, well, I'm saying always, like it's been about 15 movies. There's been two movies, <laughs> okay? The first movie was, you know, the the the, the movie that I am basing the uh, comparison off of beautiful, just gorgeous, just beautiful. So the shots are beautiful. I was getting Thor feels from Wonder Woman when she was swinging her lasso and swinging off of the lightning. That actually looked Thorish. And then she, well, she was swinging her lasso and uh, deflecting with the bullets or whatever was going on in that one scene, just very, very, it's one thing to see Chris Hemsworth, six foot three, powerful, super powerful uh, God type being. It's something entirely different to see little Gal Gadot, even though I believe Gal Gadot is probably way taller than me. I'm 5'3". I'm She's probably way taller than me, but she just looks... She she doesn't look hard. <laughs> but she looks strong. So, like... And that's the difference. Like, Thor looks hard and strong. She looks strong and delicate. So, and, and those... Those two things shouldn't even be, you shouldn't even be able to, to compare them. It's like a, a, a false equivalency saying that something is hard and, or strong and delicate, <laughs> you know? So 
just some of the things that I really and truly liked about that. Uh, I also rather enjoyed uh, seeing Chris Pine back and Steve Trevor, and we're getting some context as to how that's even going to be possible. So uh, the, it appears that there's going to be some uh, technology that allows people to wish for something. And if they want it bad enough, it becomes a reality. And I believe this is how we see Steve Trevor come back to uh, Diana. And I also believe that this is how the cheetah gets her powers. You know, it's not, it's not very hard to deduce this. I'm not super smart because I figured it out. They said the shit right in the trailer. <laughs> I'm not impressed with the cheetah's look. Not saying that there is like it, it there is some blueprint of how she should look. I just wasn't impressed with it. And hopefully, uh hopefully it 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 is translates better on a bigger screen because I just didn't like what I saw. Now, moving right along. Moving right along. Black Adam. They've been threatening us with this movie for the last 10 years. And that's all I got to say about that. Um, my last but not least for the movies that we saw trailers for in the uh in the DC fandom event is of course the Batman. The Batman. Now, what did I love about that uh, trailer? God, what didn't I love? I'll tell you what I didn't love. I loved everything about it. Now I, I loved the. I, I'm afraid that we're we're getting channels of uh of uh the Nolan Batman films, but that's not necessarily a bad thing. It's just it's been done, so. I'm excited to see that the uh, that the uh, villains are not the same old, same old. I, I'm seeing another penguin, which that has to be a strategic move. Again, I'm told you what I think I think about this whole Flash movie. So strategic move is to cast a penguin in this particular movie as well. And let me tell you. I had no idea that was Colin Farrell. None. He's got prosthetics and all kinds of other shit going on. And I'm I'm a little bit confused by why you would cast Colin Farrell and then don't let him be Colin Farrell. <laughs> but I'm okay with it. I'm okay. Because uh, again, it adds to the intrigue of this movie. And we all know he got range. He's got the chops to pull off whatever character he's going to portray. But I think this is the Penguin pre-Penguin before he's known as Penguin. As uh, and we also get uh, the Riddler who the Riddler, he is on some jigsaw type shit in this movie. That was extreme what we saw. Now, you know, of course it was alluded to because like when we saw, we heard the beginning of it and we hear uh, that that duct tape being pulled off the uh, off of the uh, the roll, 
you know, and then we see this man, his whole face is just completely covered in duct tape with no more lies. And then uh, we see the whole Batman, uh, the riddle. What is it? What is a, what does a liar do when he's dead? And then the, the answer is he lies still. Uh, hopefully y'all knew that already. You did. You didn't. Sorry. Yeah, but he still lies. He lies still. <laughs> so I apologize. You had to know. I'm not the only person who watches New Rock Stars, but I didn't even get it from there. I got it off Reddit. But anyway, I think I would have been able to figure that out, that whole cryptogram, because in case you didn't know, I also do a true crime podcast. I'm kind of pushing the brakes on it right now because I'm trying to do some. Uh, I'm going to try to do some conspiracy stuff on that podcast because I'm not going to talk about another crime case until the murderers of Breonna Taylor have been arrested. But that's neither here nor there. You guys didn't ask. But that uh, the, the cryptogram, the cryptogram that Riddler put in this card that he had sent to Batman reminded me so very much of, uh, of the Zodiac killer. And if you are unfamiliar with the Zodiac killer, he has never been caught and he taunted the police and he sent these kinds of puzzles and whatnot to all these major uh, newspapers in the area. And uh, yeah, never, like I said, never been caught. So you have to ask yourself, you know, what kind of lunatic? And then some of these crypt these cryptograms could never be solved, but that's true crime. And we're not here for that today. We're talking about Riddler. So Riddler, you know, he's it seems like he's in that vein. And he also seems like he believes that he's doing uh, a public service by killing and getting rid of some of these uh, people. And there are speculations and theories of who that person is with tape all around their face. And I'm not going to say, because I've already spilled one set of beans. I'm not going to spill anymore. There are, uh, there is precedence to say who that is. And also there's even more precedence to say that the Riddler nor the Penguin will be the main villain in the Batman. Court of Owls, anyone? But okay. And I'm going to, I'll drop that right there. And if you are unsure of what I'm talking about, look it up. Or you can join me next week and I'll talk a little bit more about the Court of Owls, but not today. Not today. However, I'm going to continue to go on and tell you a little bit more about uh, what I liked, maybe what I didn't like. I don't even know how I felt about what you already know. It was like, who do you think you are? A whole full, like 12 seconds of Batman just beating the crap <laughs> out of this man for asking him a question. He said, who do you think you are? Who are you supposed to be? Or he says something like this and Batman just beat the brakes off of him. To, he, 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 didn't just, he didn't just beat him up. He got him on the ground. He beat him. Then he thought about it for like half a second and beat his ass some more. 
that's a different kind of Batman. <laughs> I mean, and I'm not saying different because I'm also, you know, I kind of do, I kind of do like to know where my heroes, where do I think my heroes are coming from? How am I going to, uh, how am I going to, Am I going to recognize my heroes, my favorite heroes? How am I going to feel when I see this portrayal? And I understood all the people in Batman versus Superman. I understood them saying, oh, oh, Batman don't kill. But Batman does kill if you put the keys to the kingdom in the hands of somebody who says, you know what? Batman going to kill. Now, he's a fictional character. He's going to do whatever the director tells him to do. So, in this case, the director told Batman to beat the dog shit out of this man <laughs> for asking a question. And then the answer, the answer to that question is what moved me the most. I am vengeance. Because it made me think to the Kevin Conroy, I am the knight. I'm Batman. And I'm wondering if we're going to hear him say all of that. I doubt it. Or maybe he, he you know, it, it would be a little bit too cartoony fan servicey to do it uh, all in one, in one saying like, I am Batman or I'm vengeance. I am the knight. I'm Batman. I, I don't expect to hear it like that, but I expect to hear all three of those lines uttered at some point by Robert Patterson. Pat, you know his name, in this movie. And the thing is, he's a good-looking Batman, very goth or something, maybe not goth. Tell me what it is, because I'm, I'm thinking dark. He's got that long type hair. He don't look like a billionaire, billionaire playboy. Uh, he, he doesn't look like that. He looks like the type of person who has been, well, he has, of course, been through a whole lot of shit and just isn't possibly over it. Now, we are understanding that this is Batman, uh, like second year Batman. So still on the solo tip, still very detective. We're understanding that this is going to be a detective movie uh, first and a superhero movie second. And, and I'm here for it. I'm here for it. I can dig it. So what do I feel about the Batman? I feel like we're going to get a ride. Hopefully it does not remind us so much of, uh, of the Dark Knight. And hopefully this is just for me. I'm an older woman. I'm looking at this and I'm like, I hope all these scenes are not this dark because some of this shit I can't see really. And I'm not being funny, you know. Now I'm looking at things from a whole different standpoint because I'm an older woman. <laughs> and I just, I, I, I can't take a whole dark movie. And when, by dark, I don't mean dark in tone. I mean actual palette being just completely dark. I'm not here for that. So hopefully, you know, we do something a little bit different or it is, it, it, translates better again. I'll say this whole line again, translates better on a bigger screen. So with all of that, I'm through. I'm through with everything that I felt that I felt 
<laughs> about uh, about uh, DC fandom. Again, I, I will end with this. This was a successful event. Everybody should take notes. <laughs> it's a very successful event, A. B, I think it should be a yearly event. I think that just like we have uh, Comic-Con and people who can't afford, again, I told you, poor podcaster. I can't afford to go to Comic-Con unless somebody is going to sponsor me. I can't afford to go. And would I like to go to all of these cons? Yeah, of course I would, uh, 100%. I can't afford to go, but what I could afford to do is pay my damn internet bill and sit down and have a virtual, uh, a virtual convention con with the people who, or, or with the with the properties that we love. I don't think maybe not a twenty four hour event like they did this time, but I don't think it should be outside of the realm of possibility that if a person who is very invested in the fandom if they can't afford to make an event, go to an event that they should be left out of everything. And also you think about this. If I go to see all these movies and let's say I pay $12 to go see it so I can see it in 3D and all of this, that $12 for me represents over an hour of work. I, I have to work a whole hour and some <laughs> to get that $12. So what is a movie ticket to me? It's expensive to me. Now to uh, a person who's making X, X six figures, even the upper five figures, it's nothing. It's nothing to go to uh, a con. A, a, a conference, a convention. It's nothing to pay $300 to cosplay. But for me, $300 to get the cosplay that I want represents me working for a week. But I love this shit. I love it enough to sit here and talk to myself weekly for, for an hour. Just telling you how much or what that hour means to me. You get what I'm saying? So give back to these fans like me who uh, who are pretty much working a almost damn near a day <laughs> to enjoy your movies. Give back to us in that way. And not just DC. DC did an a, a awesome job with this with this uh with this event an awesome job where you at marvel where you at star trek you know in order for me to continuously watch the lower decks which surprisingly i like a lot of people have issues with it but i'm digging star trek lower decks because it is just mindless Star Trek, 
you start hearing things, you hear things and it sounds track, and then you see things and it kind of halfway looks track. It's very exciting and you don't really have to be trying to decipher or think. You shut all that off and just enjoy this cartoon. And this week's episode, I enjoyed it quite a bit, but where y'all at? Where y'all at? We need some, we, we actually need more events like DC fandom for the people who would, if they could, go to these paid events. I can't right now. I'm going to get there. Where are we moving on up? I'm going to get there. But until I do, where y'all at? You know, we talk about inclusivity. But inclusivity only means something if you include everyone. I, I mean, what's the point of casting uh, a bunch of black women actresses if black women can't go see the movie? Not saying it all of us, because, you know, black women are some of the most educated women in the United States. We are the most educated group, but I am not one of them. <laughs> so um, the struggle is real and I still love this shit. I love it. I, I, I love it by the pound. Yes. Marvel, I, I love you. What are you going to do? What have you done for me lately? Uh, Star Trek, you know, you know I love you. What have you done for me lately? Star Wars? No, I be I be cheating on Trek with you. I be creeping. What, what, what have you done for me lately? So I'm saying all this and and I've talked and talked and talked. And hopefully you guys are hopefully you guys are understanding. You digging what I'm saying? Because let's be real. Uh, <laughs> shit's about to get real over the next couple of years uh, with these movies. Another thing that I want to talk about is the bromance between Ryan Reynolds and Hugh Jackman. I'm, I'm going to try to just quickly. My understanding is that Hugh Jackman says he wants to do a face-off reboot with Ryan Reynolds. And you know what? I would I would work an hour to see that movie too. <laughs> I would work some overtime to be able to even buy popcorn. So yes, I would work an hour to see the face-off reboot with Ryan Reynolds and Hugh Jackman. So let's make that a thing. Where y'all at? The same way y'all screamed and yelled about getting a movie that was already made, remade. I want y'all to scream and yell about this because I want to see. Hugh Jackman, Ryan Reynolds, bring their bromance on screen because they've been they tear each other up on Twitter. So I would love to see them do a movie together. Um, what was the other thing? There was something else besides the Ryan Reynolds, Hugh Jackman thing. It was something else, and I can't remember what it was. So it must not have been important. Uh so. Again, I enjoyed sitting here and talking to myself today. I hope you enjoy listening. 
I'm talking to myself. I'm like looking myself in the eyes. Like, I hope you enjoy listening. I did. Thank you. Thank you. So next week we will, uh, damn, it was something I said we was going to do next week. And I don't remember what that was either. I'd be lying to y'all and shit. So what, one thing I know we're going to do is get into some of these lower decks now. Shit. I, I got to. We know that CBS All Access is going to be uh, showing Discovery Season 1, I believe. They're going to fill in some gaps in their, in their scheduling with that. So people who were like, fuck you, I'm not going to... Uh, I'm not going to pay for CBS All Access to see no Star Trek. You get an opportunity two years later or three, three years later to see uh, Discovery on TV, on regular CBS. You guys, are it's, it's coming. Um, I'm also going to get into some Twilight Zone. I don't know. Maybe I'll watch the first two episodes. I really don't want to see the whole season streamed or whatever. Um, but I am going to check out Jordan Peele's. I, I have to put the, the streaming services that I have to work. So we will talk a little bit about The Twilight Zone because I love sci-fi. I love it. And anyway, with all that being said, it's been a blast. Hopefully you guys enjoyed. And if you did, you know that you can leave a comment on any of these platforms that I'm screening on at this moment. That is to include Facebook. That is to include YouTube and Get Vocal. You can also send me an email at afterthesnap at gmail.com. And you can get on any of the podcast platforms and you'll hear this very same shit Sunday. But if you watch, you'll see me Friday. If you just waiting to listen, it'll be Sunday. Anywhere you get podcasts, okay? With all that being said, I love you guys. It's been a blast. And I will catch you on the flip. Peace. Oh, no, 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 no. Not peace. It's, boy, you better live long and prosper. <laughs>